You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Last, uh, last week, Julian began the series of Contending for Breakthrough. And uh, he shared that breakthrough happens in private before it manifests itself in public. And uh, looking at the example of Jesus, every miracle we see that Jesus performed, there was times of prayer before that happened. There was times where he was with the Father, where he was listening to the voice of the Father, where he was pressing in and contending for that before it ever happened. And so last week we looked at just the, the, the man who was demon-possessed and Jesus spending time in the early mornings in prayer. And then by the time he gets over to the other side of the sea, there was a miracle waiting. Breakthrough, breakthrough can also be very costly. And uh, when we're believing for breakthrough, things don't just happen. And I don't think in the kingdom realm, things just happen by chance. But it takes people, you and me, saying, you know what? We want to see something change, and we're going to do something about it. Right? Even in the world, in general, things, great things don't just happen. People don't just do great things. It's, it's a decision in the heart saying, you know what? We're, we're not content with just what is. We're, we're going to move forward. But that sometimes requires sacrifice Maybe it requires denying ourselves or even as we've been moving into the Daniel fast starting today. It's a matter of saying, God, although it's, it's not up to me, you're the one who brings a breakthrough. But I want to position myself. I want, to, I want to posture my heart in a place of humility that you would do great things through our lives and through my life. You see, I think even fasting or, or the sense of really coming to him in this way is, is not about exalting us, but it's about exalting God through us and us humbling ourselves and fasting has always been known as a is a thing that it humbles our spirits he also went on to say that breakthrough makes way for testimony and there's power in our testimony and i think the church needs to have more and more testimonies of god doing great things we need to have the demonstration of the power of god working alongside our our um our proclamation of the gospel but that happens as we have testimonies of god doing the breakthroughs that's one of the things I pray that as we, we kind of come to the end of this summer, that we, or come to the end of this kind of term time, that we would have miracles, that we go away on summer camps or wherever we're going this summer. We'd have miracles of, of, uh, and testimonies of this is what God has been doing in our church and through our lives. And it would stir us up, but also bring change to the environments in which we're in. This week, as we continue in the series of contending for breakthrough, we're going to look at the need for us to live with our eyes wide open. And what I mean by this is what we see around us is not necessarily the reality that really is. I think it was last summer we went to Ripley's Believe It or Not in London. How many of you have been to Ripley's Believe It or Not? Nobody. My wife has. Okay. We're not even English. That's why you go. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We went to Ripley's Believe It or Not. And uh, maybe it's something you need to have children to fully appreciate that experience. Uh, but we went to Ripley's Believe It or Not. And there was lots of Believe It or Not kind of things and things that are disgusting and things that are pretty cool. Um, but there was two things in particular that uh, we went through as an experience. And one was a mirror maze. How many of you have been in a mirror maze before? Okay. There we go. At least a few experiences there. A mirror maze are kind of... a very interesting things because when you go in, you, you, what you're seeing is not necessarily what's there. 
right? You're seeing reflections of yourself or other people, but you don't know quite who's who or, you know, the people you're with. You don't know if they're really with you or where they are standing beside you. Um, it's a very strange experience. Donna didn't actually enjoy this experience. She kind of felt a little bit claustrophobic and needed to get out of there, but then couldn't get out of there. <laughs> As it goes, right? You're, you don't want to be there, but because it's a maze, once you're in the maze, you've got to figure a way to get out. But we also went through a, another experience where it was a spinning tunnel of light, little light bulbs in this tunnel. And it was, the tunnel was moving, but there was a pathway that went through above that, that kind of big tubular thing. And so you walked through, completely safe, but it was black except for these lights that were spinning around you. Now, your eyes play tricks on you that you are turning upside down. Even though you are not turning upside down, you are walking straight. But you end up like just doing this, holding on to the side because you think the world is falling apart um, and you're about to you know, land on your head, even though in reality, nothing's happening. Your eyes are telling you something that isn't true. And it affects your balance and it affects how you walk. How many of you had these kind of experiences? Or been to an IMAX theater? How many of you been to an IMAX theater? You watch something and you think, <gasps> you know, and yet it's not true. You're not about to hit that big wall because it's just your eyes telling you something's about to happen, but it doesn't mean it's reality. Now we live as people in two realms. We live in the physical realm. What we see, hear, and touch, right? What you are looking at me in the physical realm. You're experiencing the warmness of this building in the physical realm. You are hearing my voice in the physical realm. But just as much as we are in the physical realm, you and I also exist in a spiritual realm. There's another reality in which we are living right now, whether you believe it or not. Ripley's believe it. And actually, there was no spiritual side of that, Ripley's believe it or not. We are in a spiritual realm. In other words... We live in the earthly realm, but as believers, we also live in the realm of the kingdom of heaven. We're living in both realms at the same time. And this means there's also two different realities that are often in conflict with each other. The spiritual realm supersedes what is happening in the physical realm. And so again, looking at Daniel, when he was praying for understanding and praying for breakthrough, what was happening in the spiritual realm was affecting him receiving the answer in the physical realm. And so we see in that passage of scripture that the angel of the Lord was delayed because of opposition from the principalities and powers of, of Persia. And so he, there was this 21 day delay in the answer because there was, there was fighting going on in the heavenlies. Well, well, Daniel was praying, even though Daniel himself was not necessarily aware of all of that. There was a reality that was affecting him receiving something in the physical. As believers, you and I are called to live in the reality and the will of the kingdom of heaven. We're not called to live in what we see here, but we're called to live in this realm in which God calls us to. In fact, Jesus even taught us in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a sense of aligning ourselves to the will of heaven. Why? Because the will of heaven is different than the will of earth. The will of my, my will, the, the will of what I see around me. God's plans and purposes are higher than mine. He has a, he's a thought process that's different than ours. And we're called to live by faith and not by sight. And that's a challenge because you and I love to live by sight and not by faith. Right? It's so much easier that way. 
It's much easier just to plan and live life with what we see and what we know and what we've experienced. But God says, I have a different reality in which I'm calling you to live. I have a higher plan. I have a higher purpose in which I'm challenging you to be a part of. And this truth is demonstrated in 2 Kings chapter 6. Many of you, I'm sure, would be familiar with this story. But it's, it's one of the best stories. Well, it's a great story. Not, maybe not the best story, but it is a great story. And it's about Elisha. How many of you have heard of Elisha? Good. Half the IBTI students did not put up their hands. <laughs> and they're coming to the end of their time. Today, guys, we're learning about Elisha. This could be your final lesson. 2 Kings, chapter 6. And we're going to start by reading verses 8 to 15. Are you there? Good. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going to are going down there. So the king of Israel checked out that place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Will you not tell me which of you is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king uh, said one of the officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Wow. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back that he's in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by the night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army of horses and chariots has surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. We'll stop there. So the king of Israel and the Israelites were under attack from the Arameans. And Elisha was moving in the gift of knowledge, wasn't he? No doubt he was praying as he was a prophet and had a relationship with the Lord. He, he was exposing the plans of the enemy. Elisha was living by the Spirit. He, he was living in a realm in which change was happening because he was tuned in to what God was doing. What God was saying. Elisha didn't just accept that people were coming under attack. He didn't just accept that, well, Israel's at war again. And so I'll bunker down and wait till Jesus comes. He, he didn't sit there and do nothing. But he, he was in the spirit and was aware that God, God had a different plan than what was happening in the physical realm. And so Elisha contended for breakthrough for his nation. You know, you and I are called to be change agents to the world around us. As I mentioned, we're called to bring the will of heaven to earth. It's your role and my role is to bring the will of heaven to the earthly domain that you and I exist. You see, Elisha was bringing God's will into the present realm by moving in the things of the spirit. It was not necessarily God's will for Israel to be complete, continually being bombarded by the Arameans. And so... God was, God was bringing Elisha into this process 
to bring the change. We're called to set the captives free, aren't we? We're called to be like Jesus who, who heals the brokenhearted. And to, li- to do this, we need to live with our eyes open to the will of God. What are his promises? What is, what is God doing? What is his heart? You know, when we look around us, again, we can, we can see our situations. We can see, we can face life as it is. But in everything that we face, every challenge that we face, we need to look at it from the perspective of what is God's will, though, in this? Is it okay that this is happening? Or does Scripture say something else needs to happen? Is the will of God this, or is it over here? And if there's a conflict between the two, then you and I are in a position to bring the change. But our eyes have to be open to what is the will of God. You might have family members that don't know the Lord. Well, what's the will of God in that? That they obviously would come to faith. Well, then you've got a part to play. What is, you know, maybe someone in your family is not well. Maybe they have a disease. Maybe there's something happening physically. Is that God's will? Or has God brought healing? Well, if God's brought healing and said we need to pray for the sick, then that's what we need to do. Right? God is calls for restoration. If people are, are struggling with finances or struggling with situations where they're imprisoned by various things, you know, God says he's come to set the captives free. And so there's a plan and purpose for God in those situations to release people through you and me. But for us, we need to have our eyes open to what is the will of God. I think a lot of Christians live in a state or live in situations that are not God's will because their eyes are not open to what God's will is. And I challenge you, whatever you're looking at in life right now, I I challenge you to look in Scripture to see what God says about that. And then you will know what the will of heaven is versus the will of earth. You see, the enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He's out to take whatever he can. But he's also a liar. He's a father of lies. And he thinks that if we, or the way he works is if we can think we have no power in our situation. If we think that this is just how it is. If we give way to the thought that, you know what? Say la vie. That's life. We've got a problem. Because the enemy has lied to us. And God's truth sets us free. His spirit brings freedom. Now, going back to the story, it doesn't take very long for the king of Aram to find out that there was an informant among them. Right? Every time there was these surprise attacks. Ta-da! They were waiting for them. Okay, well, we'll go over there. Maybe there was a one-off. They happen again. Then it happens again. Pretty soon it becomes, all right, something's going on. No doubt the king of Aram probably chose his very closest officers. So everyone else didn't know, but only maybe a few people in his bedroom. Okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. And then they go to the battlefield. Oh, the Israelites are ready for us. He starts to get frustrated. Now, through this process of finding out who is the informant, they find out Elisha, of all people, is the informant. And so the war is brought to Elisha's front door. Interesting, isn't it? Can I just say, don't be alarmed when we contend for others for their breakthrough if we don't ourselves come under attack. Again, this happened to Jesus. He healed people. He set people free. Yet he himself was attacked in the process. People challenged him. The Pharisees got upset that he was doing such things. Challenged his authority. Challenged what power he was doing it under. Ultimately leading to his crucifixion. Why? Because he was setting people free. He was contending for their victory. He was contending for their restoration. And because of that, he himself received attack. Elisha was contending for the, for the Israelites. And yet he himself 
was brought under attack. The enemy doesn't want you to hinder his plans. And at this point, you could say, well, if that's the case, maybe it's better to do nothing, right? If we keep ourselves head down, don't get into the line of fire, all's cool. Except for God has a plan and you're part of that plan to advance his kingdom of God. And when we're part of God's plan to bring breakthrough, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear because the enemy has nothing on us. Now, if we keep reading this story, you'll see what I mean. So verse 16, so 15, again, the, 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 the servants of the prophet goes outside in the morning, maybe to get a bit of water, and suddenly sees that their little house is surrounded by a massive army. Probably not those kind of morning rituals you're expecting. And Elisha says this, he says, don't be afraid. The prophet answers, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, if I was a young man, I would have thought, all right, maybe you're not realizing the situation, Elisha. Maybe you need to come outside with me because there's two of us and a whole army of them. I don't think you're quite catching the scenario here, God, or uh, Elisha. And then Elisha does this. He says, and no doubt probably in response to this look of um, the his servant. Um, is that a beeping or is that just my ears? He says, and Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You see, just as much as we need to have our eyes open to the will of God, we need to have our eyes open to the resources of heaven. You see, because the resources of heaven changes the perspective of the battle. Elisha knew that God was with him and he saw God's protection before anyone else did, before his servant did. But the servant could only see from the physical realm. He saw the surrounding enemies. And I think sometimes we look at life and we see the mountains in front of us. We see the challenges in front of us and we feel like we are surrounded I don't know if you've ever felt like that in your life, but there's been moments in my life I feel surrounded. I feel surrounded by financial challenges. I feel surrounded by maybe oppression. I feel surrounded by difficulties. There is no hope in this. But our eyes need to be open to the things from God's perspective. You see, what Elisha was praying for his servant was that he would see what the real realm is, what the heavenly realm is, what, what was really going on, that he would see the resources of heaven that are disposed are at his disposal. You see, seeing only in the physical realm produces fear and worry and doubt and discouragement, especially as believers. If you start to take moving forward in the kingdom of God, you start to pray for people and things start to happen, but then you come under attack. You think, whoa, I better, I better pull back. I better, better stop. It's very easy to start feeling discouraged when things don't go to plan. And can I tell you that in the Christian walk, 99% of the time, things do not go to plan. Anyone who's walked with Jesus more than a little while knows that's true, right? We have storms, we have situations, we get surrounded by stuff. And it's very easy to let the worry and the fear and the, and the discouragement set in because we feel we're overwhelmed by what's going on around us. And God challenges us to open our eyes to the resources of heaven that's around us. Seeing only the circumstances 
We only see the obstacles that stand against us. And yet in reverse, seeing the circumstances from God's perspective, from the kingdom of God's perspective, we see the following. We see an all-powerful God, the creator of all things, where nothing is too difficult for God. And maybe today, if there's anything else that you hear, that whatever you're facing in your life, can I tell you that God is still bigger than that? He is on the throne. He's, he's above that. You don't have to worry that there's something that, well, this is just a bit too big for God. It made too big of a mess, maybe. Do you know what? Jesus is higher than any principality and power. When Jesus came to the earth, he took back the powers of the enemy. Why? All right, I'm back to life. <laughs> Not so glorious, though. We have Jesus, who is higher than any principality and power, who took back all power and authority for the enemy. So that as people, when we are in Christ, nothing, the Satan does not have a hold on you or has a hold on me. He's, been ta- he's taken back everything, but it's more than even that. There's angelic beings the Hebrews 1.14 says, are sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. You see, the resources of heaven, yes, is God, but there's also the angelic beings that are, are here to serve those who are followers of Jesus. Around us in this place, I would, it'd be great if I could just turn a switch where we could just see the angelic realm. You know, there is an angelic realm of servants of heaven to help you. Why? Because God cares for you. God has a plan for your life. And you know, at this moment where Elisha was surrounded by the army, he himself is surrounded by angelic beings of the army of heaven. He himself was surrounded by that. Do you know what? You are surrounded by God. He's given you everything that you need to move forward in the things and purposes he has for your life. You see, when we see from God's perspective, we see God's strength in his power. And again, I think there's power in reading his words. So we see again that God is still bigger than anything that we face. He's bigger than the situations that you and I are under. We see God's love for his children that does not end. He pursues us with his love. It doesn't stop. And because he loves us, he cares for us and he looks after us. He knows exactly what we need when we need it. We we see a God that provides We see a God that heals. We see a God that restores. We see a God that protects. We see a God that helps. That's God's protection. That's God's perspective in our lives. And when we contend for impossible things, it's important that we keep our eyes open to the resources of heaven. That God has made everything available for you and I through Jesus Christ. We are seated with Christ in in heavenly places. All the resources of heaven are at our disposal in Jesus Not because you're someone special, but because of his great grace. Because of his love towards you. He says, you know, you're my child. And because you're my child, you're part of my kingdom. And because you're part of my kingdom, all the resources of my kingdom are available to you. Now do something about it. And so, yes, there's the war that comes often to our own doorsteps. Yes, challenges. Sometimes the fight comes to our own doorstep. Yet in Romans 8, 31, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is on our side, who, who can stand against us when the creator of all things is on my team? 
It's never out. We're never outnumbered. Even if you feel like you're the only one on the planet, you're not outnumbered so long as God is on your team. When he's batting for you, you have a surreal victory. And so as we keep reading in this story, are you guys still awake? Good. 18 to 23, we'll just finish off here. As enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed. I want you to say the word prayed. He did something there, didn't he? What did he do? He prayed. What did he do again? All right, guys, you're, you're catching this. He prayed. I lost my place. He prayed. I found it. Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. Bit sneaky, isn't it? And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall we kill him? My father, shall we kill him? It's like, this is a perfect opportunity. Elisha says, do not kill them, he answered. Would, would you kill men you've captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so they may eat and drink and then let them go to back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. Well, wow, it's a bit of a different twist to the story, isn't it? And after they had finished eating and drinking, having a good time, he sent them away and they returned to their master. Here's the sentence. So the bands of Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. The victory was won in a totally different way to one, how one would expect. No one died. Elisha never picked up a sword, but he prayed. You see, the third thing we need to do is we need to live with our eyes open to the part that we must play. The, the events that we read about that took place in Elijah's Liza's life took place because he did something. He engaged the spiritual realm into the physical realm. He, he prayed. You know, our, our life, we're facing things. And you know what? Sometimes prayer is the last thing we go to. Can I tell you, the resources of heaven are there. That, that He was surrounded with chariots of fire, but he had to pray for something to happen. You know, sometimes I think God is up there with everything. And, we, and he's looking at us and we're fumbling about and struggling and maybe just giving way to defeat. When he said, just pray. Just contend for breakthrough. Because everything is there. I've got it all positioned. But you've got a part to play in this. Our eyes need to be open to the fact that you and I have a part to play. He's made every provision for us. He has a plan. He has a purpose. But breakthrough occurs when we take our place in the battle. Which is simply praying. Elisha prayed and he also walked in his authority and God then fought his battle. How many of us allow our circumstances to dictate our lives while well, God has a better plan? We can sit and wait God for, to do something. And sometimes I think there's also a temptation where we just wait for God to do something. God, you just sort it out. When he's like, no, I, I want you to take authority. I, I need you to, to take your place in this battle. We're waiting for God to do something and he's waiting for us to do something. 
I want to challenge you as a church to become intentional, to believe God for greater things, to believe God for the impossible. Again, I think we can see no healings. We can see no people, people not being delivered or set free because we don't pray for it. But if we pray for it, if we start to contend for it, it opens the door for possibility for it to happen. The result of Elisha's prayer and moving in the Holy Spirit was his life was spared, obviously. But as I did, we've just read, the bands of Aram stopped raiding the Israel territory. What took place in the spiritual realm manifested its place, itself in the physical realm. Authority was taken in the spiritual realm and then it happened in the physical realm. And peace was the result of it all. It's time as a church that we step up to the call. God has a plan. What does the Bible say again about your circumstance that you're facing? What is his will in that? He's made a way possible to step into his fulfillment of of his promises. But it's up to you and I to take hold of it in order for it to come into its fulfillment. You and I have a part to play. You and I can pray. You and I can contend for it. You and I do not win the battle. God wins the battle, but he, he has all the resources of heaven just queued up, waiting for our release. You see, God's a gentleman in every sense of the word. He's, a, he's waiting for us as his children to say, Dad, I need your help. This is the situation. Your, your will is this. It needs to happen now. It needs to happen now. I think we can believe together for breakthrough as we take our place, seated with Christ, no longer being under our circumstances, but being living as more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean that everything will go to plan still. It doesn't mean necessarily that every person we pray for at this point will now get healed. But it does mean we start positioning ourselves with God to start seeing things happen. I don't know about you, but I, I, in my Christian walk, I want to see us do greater things than Jesus promised. And I know Julian shared this last week. Jesus said, you'll do even greater things than these. Guys, it's time to step into that. And I know it's not just something we can kind of psych ourselves up to. It's, it's about us saying, God, we're going to get intentional, intentional about praying and seeking you for these kind of breakthroughs. We're, we're starting this week to deny ourselves in certain ways as we fast. And, and I, I challenge you, as, and, and I pray even over these weeks, that our, our faith would just start to go like this, just start to rise. We have an expectation that our eyes would be opened. And maybe right now you feel under a cloud of something. You know what? I just, the prayer today for you is that God would open your eyes so you could see what is really happening. Where you can see where God really is at. That our faith would be put upon Him and not upon our circumstance. Amen. Do you understand this? Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. 
To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.